after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages. This is, indeed, the podcast where we talk about commercials. We talk about the good ones, we talk about the bad ones, and we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. Peggy! I finished his shoulder! My name's Andrew Walsh, I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hey, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. Feeling good? I'm feeling great. We got the great, uh, kind of, the two huge 100th episodes yes, out of our way now. Both of our 100th episodes. <laughs> now it's just Somehow, like, we did, somehow we went from not knowing what we were going to do for our 100th episode to doing two of them. Two, two hour episodes. Yes. I feel like this is kind of a new beginning for us. Though. We <laughs> put that all behind us. We obsessed with, uh, maybe in the, in this, in the next 100 episodes, no more talking about KFC ever. Uh-oh. No more talking about Grandpa Ham Christmas. <laughs> it's just all new stuff. Tabla Rasa. Okay. All right. Coming up today on the show, actually, we're welcoming back one of our favorite people. Notice I didn't say favorite guests. I said favorite people. She's also a favorite guest, but people is a bigger umbrella. She was on the show, uh, can you believe it was a year and a half ago? It's... I. I- Time has no meaning for me, is honestly the answer to that Is that question. because you've been watching too much Rick and Morty? Yes. <laughs> okay, good, because that's related. Her name is Kat Solon, and she's joining us now from Los Angeles. Hey, Kat. Hey, hi. Thanks for having me. How you doing? I'm I, I'm good. You guys are you guys are also one of my favorite people. <laughs> well, both of my favorite people. Two oh, of my favorite thank, well, I feel like you had to say that. No, I'm not. Yeah, but I mean, if you had to choose between us... <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> we said we'd save the hard questions for the end. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Thanks, Genevieve. <laughs> I'll just let people know who maybe didn't hear you on the show last time. Kat, you're a filmmaker. You work on all kinds of things, including TV, commercials, and promos, and PSAs. And that's what kind of brought us into each other's orbit. Mm-hmm. Low those many months ago. Um, I feel like things have changed a lot uh, since yeah. then. Not in any kind of grand way. I mean, sure, we have a new horrible president. That's one thing that's changed since then. Uh, But that's not really related to anything we're going to talk about today. Uh, We didn't know you the first time you were on the show. You were just somebody who had emailed and said, hey, I make these things you guys talk about. Yeah. Maybe I can talk about them on the show. And now I feel like we're really good friends. And also, I had never even seen Rick and Morty the last time you were on, and I remember I called it a cartoon. And yeah, you that me. that alone has been transformative. <laughs> I love that I corrected you. I'm proud of myself. What did I? I don't even remember what I said. <laughs> like that's fantastic. <laughs> well, I had said because I mean I knew of Rick and Morty, and the reason it came up was because you do a lot of promo, uh, like you know, commercials slash promos for um, Adult Swim. And you had made some for them, and I kind of described it as, you know, well, it's like kind of a sci-fi cartoon, right? And you're like, well, I don't think that they would describe it as a cartoon. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. <laughs> I don't remember saying that, but I'm, I'm very, I'm really into that idea, and I'm, and I think that's really true. It, it does play to me like um, a live-action movie. Can I ask you something, Kat? Because the when you introduced us to Rick and Morty, like Andrew, I had a vague notion that it was an adult. You know, it was an animated series for adults, but it just sort of honestly kind of for me blended in with a lot of like wah, wah, wah sounds on Adult Swim. Uh-huh. And then we started watching it because of your our connection to you. And it became one of our favorite things. And then it became one of like America's favorite things. And yeah. now it's massive. Have you has it been weird for you to be associated and have, you know, some creative uh, association with this show that is now like every on everyone's mind all the time it like created some sort of i'm not even 100 percent clear on the narrative but it created some sort of like meltdown at mcdonald's because of Szechuan <laughs> oh, yeah. sauce. <laughs> yeah um you know i i really genuinely when i think about that i get a little freaked out so i i kind of <laughs> i kind of don't think about it too much but i really do um, I'm just really proud. I know Dan and Justin, and I'm very, very proud of them. And I think that the show is really beautiful. And I know a lot of other people that work on the show. And I just think it's absolutely gorgeous and smart. And I think more things should be smart, gorgeous, and funny, as opposed to just funny. And so I I, I really, I think the show is so impressive. And I am a huge fan of it as well, as like, you know, being someone who gets to make stuff for it or about it. Um 
I'm also just like a huge fan and I love watching that show. So, and it also inspires me in my other work as well. So I, I think that, um, I guess in that regard, it's, it's great. I love the meltdown at McDonald's. I actually, I, <laughs> I feel like it's, um, it's actually more true to what that the season has been about. It's not like, it's actually more true that they wouldn't get the sauce at mcdonald's even like anyway so it's kind of cool can i just explain let me give a little bit of backstory for those who haven't followed it so i think it was in the first episode of this latest season of rick and morty rick goes on what seems like a tangent during one of his rants and he um he brings up this szechuan sauce that was released in mcdonald's in like 1998 in connection to a disney film right oh i think for mulan mulan exactly so it was this limited edition sauce for your McNuggets that McDonald's released like 20 some years ago and uh, he mentions it Rick mentions it in the in the show saying that that is basically his um, what's the French term for reason for being raison d'etre raison d'etre is to uh, he says I don't care if it takes nine seasons if it's the entire (laughs) story arc I will get that sauce and so um, McDonald's actually I don't know how much you can talk about this Interestingly enough, McDonald's picks up on that and they say they're going to bring back the sauce for a very, very limited time. And it appeared at only certain McDonald's in the United States and literally just for hours. And they weren't prepared or they were prepared and and wanted all the news coverage of the disaster that happened next, which was people were just, you know, Rick and Morty fans were lined up yes. outside The term you're McDonald's. looking for is false scarcity. Yes. <laughs> but what I didn't realize until I looked at it more closely, we were talking about it on the other podcast. It wasn't an actual tie-in with Rick and Morty at all. It was like kind of they used some illustrations that would make you think just by looking at it quickly. Oh, it's this Rick yeah, and Morty Yeah, they didn't want to pay the licensing. Yeah. yeah. And it sounded, Dan gave some interviews. I don't want to make you a spokesperson for Dan. But Dan <laughs> yeah. gave some interviews Dan about Har- that. Dan Harmon, the creator. Yeah, and he seemed yeah. pretty kind of chill about it. He was kind of like, I got to give him credit, actually. I mean, they it's totally It's a very Rick thing off. to do. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, you're right. It doesn't really have the... I'm looking at an image of it right now. I mean, it feels like, you know, I think they have enough going on with Rick and Morty that they're just like... Yeah. They don't need to make the money, any money off of it. But I I also do... Yeah, do you think that, it, that they would have gotten nearly as much publicity if they had had enough... Szechuan sauces. No, I don't no think they way. would. Have. So I think it was, in a oh, way, it's, it's that's what I mean about false scarcity. Like this was engineered to be a disaster. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that term. I want that to be my production company name. <laughs> um, let me. Okay, though, we got to move on because I want to talk about some of the new um, PSAs you made recently and yeah. some of the um, Rick and Morty stuff you've done since uh, you were on the show last. But I want to come back to this. Uh, what's wrong with calling it a cartoon? Like, why can't we just re... There's nothing about the word cartoon and the definition of cartoon that says it has to be lowest common denominator or not smart, right? It's just, it means it's an animated, you know, piece of entertainment. There's something to me about calling it a cartoon after you've seen it that I'm okay with, as opposed to calling (laughs) it a cartoon before you've seen it. Because, like, as if it's... Just like, hey, we're so wacky, you know, like when it to me, that's not what it is. But I could see how that could it could maybe come across that way if you haven't seen it. Would you join me in a campaign to reclaim the term cartoon? Yes. So I it think doesn't we should have watch, negative connotations. We should watch Roger Rabbit and we should do some yeah. research. <laughs> yeah. and we should I'm really always up think, for that. Yeah, we should really think seriously about our, our approach to cartoon. <laughs> yeah. How is it that uh, it wasn't until I was uh, 39 years old and living in Los Angeles that I finally realized, I think thanks to you, Genevieve, Roger Rabbit is all about public transportation. Oh, yeah. It's the only movie I can think of that is all about public transportation, including a streetcar named Desire. I can't believe it. It took me this long to figure wow. it out. I've never realized that before. I'm gonna. I need to rewatch it. It's really based on L.A. and its decision to kind of sideline, yeah, yeah, sideline public transportation and and become and you know lay these freeways. And a big part of the plot is that the freeways are cutting Toontown through through Toontown, Toontown right in half. Yeah. 
That's the plot. Wow. Anyway, that's we're true. all learning something today. No, that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm, and I'm pretty into that era. I do a lot of the stairway walks here in Los Angeles. I do. There's a lot of the oh, secret yeah. stairs, and I have I keep the book of maps in my car, and I just do them when I have time. And I'm so that whole era of when the city changed in that way is fascinating to me. So I I would I need to rewatch Roger Rabbit. All right. Um, well, I say we get into this. Let's look at some of your uh, recent commercials, Kat. Everybody wants to be a cat because a cat's the only cat who knows where it's at. Tell me, everybody's picking up on. Can I tell you that I saw this song in the show sheet, but I thought it was going to be. Everybody wants to be a cat. What cat. is that? It's from a Disney movie. I, like this the, is from a Disney movie. This it, is no, from this, the Aristocats. It goes is into that. It goes there. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it gets oh, the there. Oh, big, the big part at the end where it gets really loud. All right, well, let's yeah. just do this, guys. Let's just listen to this. I'm honored. That's Scatman. Uh, is it Carruthers or Cruthers? Cruthers. Yeah, I think it's Cruthers. And I don't know who the other cat is. He's my boyfriend. I guess it takes a long time to get to the part that I remember. Yeah, well, we're a minute into it. I feel like it would be just sad if we gave up now. <laughs> I know all the words. Aren't you guys glad I didn't play the Siamese uh, Cats song? That gets into some pretty sketchy territory. I know, but I think they sound like Tegan and Sarah. <laughs> Here's just the part. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is what I was. This is hard. It takes a while imagine. to get there. Yeah, I didn't realize there was a whole like, like sort of slower yeah. part at the beginning. All right, well that's all the time we have today, Cat. Thank you so much for joining us. It's always such a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, yeah, that's your theme song from now on. Uh, this latest campaign, you were sending me some uh, spots that you did recently. There are they technically PSAs? Uh, you're working for AT and T, right? Or that that's who yeah the client was yeah i don't know if they're technically psas or not um it was with at&t and an agency called omelet and they are 15 seconds spots that play on facebook and i think also snapchat but i'm not sure so kat let me see if i can get this right and you correct me where i get it wrong but you're the, the okay. bulk of your work, not exclusively, but what you're probably best known for in the industry is a lot of work with puppets and other very practical effects versus like a digital uh, digital special effects. So you'll a lot of your work has like um, stop motion of actual objects and puppets. And um, and that's kind of what these um, and I would call them PSAs because they are public service announcements. These AT&T spots. These AT&T spots. Yeah. Uh, uh, at least the one that we're going to listen to now uh, involves a puppet of a brain, right? Yeah, and this one, uh, this is probably, I would say, the most humorous of, of the three, Yeah, I think. I'm trying to remember which one. Yeah, I may, I've may i made eight of them, but they're not all out yet. Oh. But um, uh, this this one is, uh, this one's really funny. <laughs> and um, and I also uh, would say that the, that yeah, that, that that's right about the practical effects. I do, if I use CG or if I use After Effects, it's usually to just enhance something. Um, sometimes I'll use it more more fully, but it's always with practical. Um, that's what I like to do. Yeah. How would you <laughs> feel about me calling you a puppeteer who works on cartoons? I'm actually. A <laughs> I got, um, I gotta go. It's time for me to get going. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna. These are really short. And I want to talk to you about that in a second. These are like internet. You know, these are like autoplay internet things. Um, they're 15 seconds a piece. But the concepts you have here, at least this first one, is kind of complicated for 15 seconds. And we just see a woman. She's driving in her car. There's her smartphone is in the little kind of console area, and uh, she sees it buzz or vibrate or ding with a new message and as soon as uh, that happens we see this creature and this is kind of can I describe it as a puppet oh it's definitely a puppet uh, of her yeah. brain kind of pops out of her head and this is your creation I take a cat this brain puppet thing yeah well I actually I made that brain puppet 
with my own hands. Uh, I didn't have a crew member make it. Um, but, but the, but the design of it came kind of, I worked with the ad agency, so they kind of designed, well, they didn't, they designed the way it kind of looks and then I made it into a physical object. <laughs> gotcha. It's a yeah. little, um, uh, uh, Henson-esque, Jim Henson-esque, yeah. sort of. I get a little bit of a Muppet feel from it. It represents yeah. her brain. And what I like about it is it's her brain with the spinal cord, and it's kind of got ar- uh, a couple of arms that seem like they're kind of nerve endings or something. So it's a yeah. little bit... Um, it's it's more than just it's just got a little bit of a dark edge to it is the best way I can put it. But something it's, about seeing there, the, it's both cute and and charming, but there's a little bit of biologicalness to right, it. Right. Yes. And then you what the voice you're going to hear after that phone dings is the brain talking to the woman whose brain it is. Message. Read it. Read it. Read it. Read it. No brain. You're just jonesing for a dopamine fix. Every time my phone dings, you get a big old hit. It's an addiction. And then it just says distracted driving is never okay. And her brain is kind of getting in her face. One of the things that stands out to me, these are this is going to be another very visual episode of After These Messages. So I encourage everybody to go to the Facebook group and uh, check them out. We'll post all of them there. But the way this thing pops out of her brain, first we see the brain's eyeball just appear in her hair as it kind of like pushes out of her head. Yeah. That's disgusting (laughs) we had it i mean it's there was a version of it that i drew in the first storyboards where her head like like it's like her scalp opened up and that was even grosser so we we took that out because also she's dry that's not okay to put in a spot where you're talking about safe driving (laughs) tell me about what it's like to work with these types of time constraints i'm fascinated with formatics right the difference between a 30 second and a one minute and now here we have something that is made specifically for internet users to see when they're scrolling through their Facebooks, mm-hmm. and uh, it's 15 seconds, and you gotta kind of, you gotta find a way to make this a creative, interesting message mm-hmm. in 15 seconds. Yeah, and also not only that, it it also needs to play as well silently as it does um, uh, with audio. Mm. You know, so visually, it, right. it almost needs to make sense. On, without any audio at all, in addition to making sense with audio, so it it kind of that's a big thing is is making sure it can play that way, and then also yeah, getting the user's attention as quick as you can, and and showing them that this is something they haven't seen before. That's always good, and so that's a fun challenge that I really enjoy. The 15 seconds is also a really fun challenge. You know, I I do like the more simple ones. I think that they come out a little. Um, they, they just get a better bang for the buck, but the more complicated ones are more fun for me directorially because I have to really focus when I'm shooting it on how fast we're doing the reads, how fast we're cutting in between people. And I don't know, it just makes me feel like I'm doing my job better when I get it right. Mm -hmm. And it actually like cuts together. It's, it's, I feel really cool. (laughs) Like completing a puzzle. Yeah, totally. It's, and also sometimes we have to like on set rethink lines and cut things and and um you know trim the excess fat of the words that are just inherently there and you you I mean Genevieve I'm sure you deal with this a lot like you you you'll be amazed by how much you can cut out of a sentence and it still makes sense you know that is so true I I think about that all the time and I have to do a lot of editing for people uh in my job where they'll not people whose jobs isn't to write all the time, but who who have to write something for me or send it to me to to be uh, part of you know the the writing that's that I'm producing. They'll send me drafts, and then my job is to cut them down. And yeah, you're exactly right. People will use 20 words where four will suffice. Yeah, that's amazing. In fact, with writing, I think people do that a lot because they think it makes them sound smarter. Yeah, and I we we sort of talk that way too. I think our brains, even on the page. Uh, are a little bit built to keep adding things while we're thinking things through. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I think especially also now that we all type so much more than to communicate than we did, Mm -hmm. you know, a long time ago. Yeah, a lot of people can type about as fast as they can think. Um, And and I don't, I think, yeah, if, if you're not a trained writer or a professional writer, it doesn't occur to you to edit as you go. Mm-hmm. I was working, not to make this all about me, but uh, Kat, you know that I do another podcast called TBTL, and yeah. it's you know very wide ranging, and it's a podcast, so we don't have to worry about timing or anything. But my background is in radio, so a big 
chunk of my career has been cutting things down to time, whether that means cutting something down to a 30 second promo or cutting something down so it fits into a, you know, 20 minute segment or something like that. And we're uh, working on doing a um, Halloween radio show version of our podcast and it's going to air on public radio stations so it's taken me back into that mode of cutting 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 you know we, we have these segments that were probably like 30 minutes long i had to get them down to 22 or something and there's something about that process of going through it the first time and being like oh god what am i gonna cut i don't know i'm not sure but then by the end when you realize like fuck this i need to cut five minutes fast yeah. and you go back and you find those places to cut it feels so good like you i realized realize there was fat there all along the fat there yeah. that part of my brain if you look back you'll be like yeah my brain was kind of catching on that thing the whole time i didn't pay enough attention to it and now that it's gone i just feel so much better yeah i love that feeling it's it's like when you have a corner of the room that you have to clean out and there's one box there that's full of a bunch of papers and you just decide to shred them all without looking at them. It's yeah. the best, <laughs> <Right>. best feeling. <laughs> right, or going through your old uh, emails. I'm kind of doing that yeah. now. I have like thousands of emails in Gmail and I'm like going back, I'm just like, nope, I'm just going to, uh, or actually, it was in my different account. Anyway, I don't have to get into details, but I was getting warning signals. Warning, warning, you're running out of space. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I haven't gone back and looked at these uh, emails that have been accumulating since 2015. I just like, highlighted a whole bunch of them, held my breath, hit delete, and said, I hope there are no tax documents in there. Yeah, exactly. um, okay. <laughs> That's the only wanna, thing to keep. <laughs> I want to play uh, one more of these, well, at least one more of these. And Veeves, you haven't seen this one yet. Uh, I love this. This is my favorite of the batch. And again, I've only seen a few of the seven or eight that you did, Cap. But this one begins with, um, it's very clearly a, a home movie of a mom and a little baby and uh, the baby is taking its it looks like its first steps okay and I'm going to leave it there for now and I just want to get Genevieve's reaction to this and then I'll fill in uh, for the rest of the listeners what's happening in here oh my god that Genevieve's is face very dark when you sent this to me, I think via text message, what did I write? Did I say, God damn it, yeah. You said you were going to throw your phone. Sad. Let, yeah. let me Let me describe what I just witnessed. And listener, please go to the Facebook uh, group, and I will post these uh, all of these links to uh, the group. As Andrew said, you're seeing a video of what looks like uh, a mom and a, a young toddler taking its first step. The camera pulls back from that video image and you see that it's being watched or it's being it's visible on a phone. And then you see that the phone is kind of cracked up on the screen. And then you see that there's broken window glass, like car glass sitting around it. And you see it sitting in a car, uh, a car seat, like a driver's seat. And you hear and see sirens. And clearly there's been an accident. And it says the best things in life are worth the wait. Distracted driving is never okay. So we're, this this person who stopped to look at this video of baby's first steps uh, was in a presumably fatal accident. And Kat, I'm going to yeah. let you talk about this, obviously, because it's yours. But this is just yeah. astonishingly good. I, this gets me to my core. But the, the detail that really, really gets me is as the camera pulls back um, and we see, oh, the phone is cracked, what's going on? We see that this person was responding yeah, to this video. Texting. It says, wow, she's walking. And then it stops yeah. there. So like before they could type the N and the G, boom, this car hits something or somebody and everything changed forever. Yeah. I've gotten much better about not texting while driving, honestly. Yeah. I don't, I, I used to do it rampantly and now I do not. I read a book about a year ago that was just about it was like a true crime book but it was all about different people who have had to either who have either died or gone to jail for hurt for like being involved in accidents while texting and so that helped me a lot but also working on these spots like whenever I'm working on them I like I really and you know when you're working especially then you're that's when you're most inclined to check your messages all the time you know and uh, mm -hmm. I, I used to tell myself it was okay if it was for work you know and now <laughs> right. it's it's and 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 having it actually be my job has really helped me not do it but this one um, you know uh, we did some that are a little more lighthearted and then we we have some that are darker and this one is especially dark and I 
I really love it. I, I'm really proud of the impact it has. I love that it's all one shot. Um, I, it reminds me of that Charles and Ray Eames, uh, there's this uh, short called Powers of Ten, which is, um, you know, about just uh, the, the human relationship to the universe. And that if you move out, you know, by tens, you can, it, it just shows how far oh. away you can go up into space. You know, it's an old Yes, kind of I've seen that. I've seen that um, progression and it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, and I love the idea of like thinking of it that way, that this is like a global issue and this is something that anyone can, this can happen to anybody at any income level and, and you got to be careful, you know, and I, and I, and I like doing something socially responsible and also I don't get to, cause my background is so much in comedy. I don't get to do a lot of dramatic stuff and I, I want to. And so I'm really glad I got to do these ones. And the ad, like I said, the ad agency that, that writes them is just, they're so smart and their concepts are so good. <laughs> so it's fun. It's fun to work on it. Yeah, that to me is like the epitome of making the most of the time allotted. So we were talking about, you know, cutting, 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 and, you know, trying to like take something and sometimes jam it into a short period of time. This one n- does not have any indication. It's like all you needed was 15 seconds. It's like this yeah. thing, this spot was born in 15 second town. Like it wouldn't be better yeah. if it was 17. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's, it is yeah. so, so impactful. Impactful. Is that a word or is that one of the words we made up? <laughs> it's not a great word. It's not a great word. It, it, is, uh, uh, it is very effective, certainly. Um, Thank you. I can't help but to think of um, the, the famous six word stories. I used to be obsessed with that. I had a photo group with some friends who would take photos and try to write a six word story about it. And of course, uh, Hemingway, I think, started or at least is credited with writing a six word story. Uh, for sale, baby shoes, never used, right? Because that's oh, like supposed yeah. to tell like, yeah, a, a whole story with just six words. But I saw somebody had turned that on its head. I just need to put this in here. <laughs> somebody tweeted recently, for sale, baby shoes, never used. And I was like, oh, wow, that tells a totally different story with the same exact six words. Punctuation is important. I think Hemingway would take that person out for a drink. Yeah, <laughs> I, proud I, of that I person. think so, too. Yeah. I think so, too. I'm going to play uh, one more of these uh, uh, Don't Text While Driving PSAs. We see a young man driving in his car. And uh, we see a phone ring again, just like we did with the brain commercial. Um, And this time, instead of his brain popping out of his head, we suddenly see his mom kind of appear in uh, in the car. First, we just see her face kind of popping up through the console. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Don't you dare touch that phone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're so handsome when you don't drive distracted. It says, drive like your mom's on board. And we see her hand come through. We get we never see her whole body, but we see her face at one point. And then at one point, she reaches in uh, and pinches his cheek. Now, here's my question for you, Kat. And if you think that this yeah. is um, a legit thing to kind of avoid in this, Veeves and I have been talking kind of obsessively about these ads where you have a character in them that seems... Uh, I don't know, a little naggy, sort of. The ones we're thinking of here are um, for public transportation here in the Puget Sound region. And this was a couple of years ago. They had this, like, kind of marmish lady being, like, saying to young people, like, now you, kind of finger wag, shouldn't you be taking the bus and also eating more? She was positioned as the voice of reason, but the voice of reason was personified as, like, the old maid from the card game old me. Yes. Basically. Right, okay. right, right. I see. Uh-huh. So okay. the idea that you planted in our brain with the dopamine is kind of educational. The, um, the idea that you planted in our brain is kind of based strictly on fear and relatability with the car crash one. Mm-hmm. In this one, do you think that it's, you run the risk of sounding a little too finger waggy? Yeah. I mean, for me, it was uh, casting the right people. Uh, yeah. I feel like I feel like with the wrong casting and the wrong even makeup and hair, uh, that woman could come across that way. Um, but also the way that the son responds, we 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 saw a lot of moms and sons, and uh, we really wanted a son who emitted a, a love for his mom, uh, even 
when he was doing that, you know, even when, even when that was happening, that he, that it's not an annoyance. It's not a, Oh God, come on, mom. It's, it's a, it's a, Oh yeah, my mom, I gotta be proud. I gotta, I gotta make my mom proud. You know, it's not. And he does a really nice job with that. When, when he sees the mom's face in the, in his, like where the stick shift would be, he kind of like, he does a really nice job of like going like, Oh yeah, I, I remember my mom's lesson. And when she pinches his cheek and like, you know, right, wipes a smudge off him at the end. His smile is just enough. It's it's just enough percentage of, oh, mom, but also yeah. like, oh, that's my mom. Thank you. Yeah, it was a balance because also you could go too far. He could be too mama's boyish and then other people. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I would like to see that careful. reshot with Buster Bluth and <laughs> yeah. Lucille. Oh, my God. I want to do that. I'm going to ask Ed. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be so great. You're oh. killing me, Buster. <laughs> These are my awards, mother. <laughs> Won them in army. All right, well, let's talk about your uh, the, the Rick and Morty. I mean, you've done so much stuff, so I don't want to like kind of put you in a uh, Rick and Morty box here, but we were talking about it earlier um the last time we had you on i don't even think we had known that you had made one of these like um what would be the word three-dimensional rick and morty promos and that was for season two how would you describe that you had made actually you had made actual kind of doll slash action figures of rick and morty and their universe yeah and i um we made a like a fake toy commercial because it was like you know people really wanted rick and morty toys so we decided to kind of like bait and switch people by making a fake toy commercial for them. But also we really wanted to make a commercial that was like very like quintessential He-Man eighties feeling. Uh, I love, I love old uh, toy commercials, especially like real Ghostbusters and He-Man. Those two, Mm -hmm. the commercials were so good. The She-Ra ones were also good. But so I was like so stoked to get to do uh, that style of action figure 80s toy commercial. Andrew also reveres anything that involves children banging action figures together. Yeah, I mean, I don't yeah. know if we must have talked about that when you were on because that I those old 70s and 80s action figure cartoons like I'm I'm Princess Leia and I'm Luke Skywalker and like the kids are just doing yeah. the voices and making them march along. Yeah, we really um worked hard to get kids for the spot we did that sound that could do the Rick and Morty impressions and that was really fun because that's a huge part of it is them doing all the sounds and and that's what makes it real you know and it makes it really feel like one of those commercials and and I think that's also what sells that kind of product to kids in those commercials it's like ooh, that would be me you know I, I could do that too you know and I think that that's it's really special you know like I I wish I could go back in time and make those like Mattel and thing in commercials from the 80s and i assume that the reaction to that first one you did for season two that was a promo for season two is that correct Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and i assume that the reaction was pretty overwhelming i mean we just heard about what the mcdonald's right yeah and that's for sauce right yeah everybody yeah well it was only season two so i mean i don't i think you know it was the beginning of season two so it wasn't didn't have quite the audience but it did it did definitely make people people freaked out and they wanted the toys and i think they're making toys i'm not sure but it like it it really did very well and i'm really proud of that spot too i love that i love that you know i got to make it it's uh i i definitely think it's one of my most viewed things that i have so it's it's really cool yeah (laughs) And so they asked you to make four more kind of uh, Rick and Morty kind of three-dimensional practical effect-based promos. These were for season three, is that correct? Yeah, so these were made for season three, and they actually played on Adult Swim uh, on April Fool's Day, the night that they aired the first episode of season three. And they played kind of, they, they aired the first episode of season three on a loop, like all night long. And these played every time the episode started over again. So they were, there's four of them and I, and uh, uh, Dan and Justin and I worked on them, on the concepts for them. And then Justin did all the, the voices and, and we kind of, yeah, and then we built them and shot them. <laughs> you know, we credited uh, Dan Harmon, I, I'm blanking on Justin's last name. Royland? Uh, Royland? Am yeah. I saying it right? Yeah, Justin Royland. And he's the one who I think originally had the Szechuan sauce. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Didn't it, McDon- didn't it was his joke, right? And McDonald's sent him a bunch of Szechuan sauce. Do you know about I think, that? I think so. Yeah, I think that's yeah. correct. Yeah. 
Well, you know, these four spots that you did are amazing. And everybody should watch them again. We'll post them to the the Facebook page. They're very, very visual. So I don't even know if I'm going to... And you've seen them all, right, Vee? Yeah. So I I don't know if I'm going to play them right here. Um, One, Rick and Morty are in Butt World, which is... uh, All of these are references and callbacks to actual things that happened in the... I almost said cartoon in the TV show. <laughs> she said we can say that now. Oh, I can use that word because I am an idiot. Um, but but they're not actual recreations. Is that correct? They're just kind of references to things that happen on the show or places. Uh, yeah, they're references. In, they're the they're essentially like new scenes or, or mini sods. You know, they're just yeah, they're new. They're all new, but they are references to real things or just references to ca- real characters. Yeah, any one of these could be like the little button that happens at the end of each episode right. after the credits run. They're about that yeah. long, and they reference something that's happened in the show. In in one of them, uh, Rick and Morty are on Butt World, which is uh, a world uh, made of butts and plungers and toilet paper rolls, and uh, yeah. uh, Morty gets stuck in a fart cloud. Um, the, the Another one, <laughs> this is the one that um, is just blowing my mind, is the Mr. Poopy Butthole one and this is i just have to describe so um if you haven't seen the show i know you're wondering what the hell's going on here but mr poopy butthole if i can describe this at all is a character who is actually um a i don't want to spoil anything he's a character on the show who was shot and severely injured by another (laughs) character on the show uh and the other character the the shooter ends up feeling really horrible about this and we've seen him and this is actually on the show we've seen him in little like kind of callbacks of him uh using a cane and in other ways recovering from this gun as the show goes on and in its fantastical universe periodically they'll check in with mr poopy butthole and he will just be having the most sort of grim rehabilitation experience (laughs) that's constantly running in the sort of in the in the universe of the show, it's just constantly happening off screen, yes. and it's really yeah. grim. It really is, and you totally <laughs> tap into that. In this uh, rather kind of short promo, we see uh, Mister Poopy Butthole, and he's actually doing really well. He's on like the parallel bars. <laughs> no, it's the horse. Uh, the he's on the horse. horse. The, the pommel yeah, horse. Pom- the pommel horse. Pommel horse, and he's doing all <laughs> kinds of great. Um, uh, 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 what's wrong with my words? Acrobatics. He's doing gymnastics on the pommel horse, and he's just killing it, and he's just having a great time. And then uh, the camera reveals that this was all his fantasy, and he's sitting alone in a dark room. His cane is off to the side, and there's some sort of unpleasant sound of a neighbor, like. And I'm curious, actually, uh, Cat, about this. Like the the audio for these. It must yeah. really be the the real like audio from the actual people in the show, right? That, to the yeah, extent that so, there are even voices. Yeah. So Justin did the Mr. Poopy Butthole voice for us, and then so he did all his sounds, and then um, and then there's a TV commercial on, and that TV commercial is actually from um, an episode in season one where they're just watching TV and they're watching all these weird weird commercials, and there's this one. Ants in my eyes, Johnson. This like guy who sells used furniture and used things, and 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 his deals are so good because he has ants in his eyes and he can't see anything. And uh, and I love that one. So I was like, that's what's got to be on TV. And oh, so, so that's the background and, noise at the end. Yeah, and there's there. like a, okay. well, there's dogs, there's dogs barking though, and neighbors fighting, and and. All right. Well, since really we're talking sad. about the sound, let's go ahead and listen to the sound. <laughs> okay. So this is the beginning part. This is the fantasy of Mr. Poopy Butthole. Uh, doing his gymnastics. Now he—he's in this dark living room. It's all the way. That's like 30 <laughs> seconds long. That really takes you on a journey. God, that is so dark. And that was one of the places I wanted to, and the sound design really is great on yeah, that. Thank you. How did you guys choose these four things? Because, I mean, that show gets dark at times. And this is definitely yeah. a very dark season. But those are some of the darkest fucking things you could have done. Like, none of these are lighthearted. <laughs> yeah, they are the the ones that... 
we chose, we, we actually wrote many of them. We wrote like 11 of them. And the ones that we picked were the darkest. Well, I wanted to pick the most emotional ones because I've done this kind of puppet stuff before. And I just know that emotional stuff works well with puppets. And also kind of like um, action, a lot of action stuff works well with puppets. So the, the other ones are all very action-based and yeah, and very bleak because I just love... I love when puppets are sad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, I guess that'll be the name of your book then. Yes. (laughs) Tears of a Puppet. (laughs) A a tell-all. All all right. Well, these are just, these are amazing. And again, they are very visual. Um, And if you haven't watched Rick and Morty and you're hearing things like Mr. Poopy Butthole and um, the, the, what is it, Butt World? Butt World. Butt World. Um, You know, when we were first talking about this, with you, you know, a uh, year and a half ago, I was kind of like, yeah, it seems okay, but it does seems real burpy to me. Seems pretty crass. <laughs> like I don't know. Like you don't realize. Yeah, the scatological sm- stuff is there. I think it's a little bit. It's they're trying to sort of create a barrier to entry. Is my sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't yes. know Dan or yes. Justin, but my sense of it is like th- I dare you to watch this because it's not yeah. the the humor is not particularly scatological no. uh, for the most part. Um, there's a it's a little bit of grossness, but it's it's not a gross show. It is a very um, aggressive. The humor is very aggressive, and the and they and the things it wants you to think about are pretty uh, intense. But it's not gross, well, like you know, it's not just a gross out show at all. I think if you think about it from another perspective, is that most of the people watching Adult Swim are boys from like thirteen to twenty, and no, that's true. you want to make a show that's smart like Rick and Morty, but you have to make it appeal. You have to get boys that are 13 to 20 in the door before you can show them the smart stuff. So I think it's like, you know, kind of wedging them. It, it, the wedge is the burps and the farts, and then and oh, then that's it interesting. opens to, up the rest. To me, it's yeah. a barrier it's to entry, but I guess to a 13-year-old, yeah. it's a it's yeah. an on-ramp. To Wait, me, you're it's also the barrier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're telling me they're not trying to get the eyeballs of forty-one-year-old uh, uh, yes, men in Seattle. We are well out of the uh, <laughs> the demo, as they say. Yeah. It's just very, very layered and complex, and we can move on here. But you know, I was looking up, uh, like, of course, they have their own fan wiki, and I was looking up uh, Mr. Poopy Butthole, and then that led me down this. Um, down this path of uh, some fan created stuff and also just all these extra adult swim created stuff. There's a Rick and Morty. You and I on the phone the other day, Kat, you were telling me about exquisite corpse, which I had always, I'd heard of, I'd heard that term exquisite corpse, but I didn't realize what its origins were that it's like artists kind of like blindly collaborating to find out what they end up with at the end. Yeah, Like surrealist artists hanging out in cafes and, and like drawing together essentially. Uh, and so it's like, you know, like Salvador Dali would work with, I don't know, Marcel Duchamp and like, I don't know if even that even happened, but you know, it would be like, they would, um, make, it's like a drawing game. There's a lot of like artist drawing games that are really fun and they all come from back then, like (laughs) just people working together and, and making things while smoking and drinking and yeah. (laughs) And probably being high on laudanum. But um, yeah, that too. uh, (laughs) I saw the only reason I brought that up was because I hadn't I I hadn't I guess I didn't know what that term meant until a couple of days ago. And then today I ended up on some Rick and Morty exquisite corpse thing that is clearly like a bunch of different artists with different styles kind of all get in and and do a quick little uh, Rick and Morty short. And uh, of course, I think probably the first time I heard of Rick and Morty is when the artists did the um, opening sequence for The Simpsons years ago Mm -hmm. now. And and uh, it's just, it's such a world in of itself, and it just must be so cool to be a part of that world. Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of outside of it, but I also feel like I'm, a, yeah, they're my friends, so I do feel, yeah, I, I feel like I'm a part of it, but I also feel, um, it's, it, it, it is, I just, you know, whenever, this is going to go broad, but I, and I think this kind of relates to everybody, though, sometimes when certain things happen, while I'm alive, I feel like it's proof that I'm alive at the right time. And that's sort of one of those things where I'm like, I'm really glad to be alive when Rick and Morty is on, you know, like Mm. it's really cool to be alive at the same time as that thing. And, and so that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of where I go. It's like, there's a reason why I'm alive at the same time as this thing, or at least I want to think there is whether or not, or I want to 
make reason for it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's cool that I'm alive during this time, but you're making yeah. some of the damn shit. I think that's yeah, even that's extra true. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely inspired. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, well, amazing stuff. And we'll have you on again to talk about uh, more stuff as you keep releasing it. But for now, yeah. I uh, want to do a segment called Some Random Commercials Andrew is Into. <laughs> Okay, I have a list of a bunch here, but I'm maybe just going to pick a couple because uh, I want your guys' takes on them. I don't know. Were you able to watch these, Kat? I had sent you some links, yes. I think, earlier today. And actually, okay. I'm really excited to talk about these. Uh, well, I want to start with the um, this McDonald's commercial that I've been seeing like crazy during football games, but also kind of seeing in the background because we're usually watching football games with friends or at a bar or something. So you're kind of only catching parts of commercials. Um, and Kat, that kind of goes to what you were saying before about the online experience too. Like sometimes you have to make these things knowing that people aren't paying full attention or the sound isn't on. And uh, and this one feature, this is for McDonald's. It's for their crispy tenders. Specifically, their buttermilk crispy tenders. Um, and the commercial is called Dinner at Grandma's. And the premise is this grandma found chicken tenders that she can buy that are just as good as her homemade chicken tenders. So now she has time to do other things. So it begins with her in her kitchen dishing out the McDonald's uh, chicken tenders onto a platter and talking about how now she has time for uh, other activities. Finally, I found chicken tenders that can pass as mine, which is nice because I've got better things to do. Peggy! I finished his shoulder. We see her in the uh, living room where there's a giant puzzle. I still can't tell what the puzzle is of exactly, but it looks like it might be a close-up of a surfer or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's like that. some yeah. sort of some sort of like photograph of a man. Yeah, and yeah. now she's just uh, sitting in her living room in like a, uh, a lazy boy chair, uh, electronically making her f- the the footrest go up and down. Millennials. Am I right? Now she's doing open mic stand-up in some sort of retirement community. No. Oh. She and no. her friend are looking at uh, some dating yes. apps. Dinner! Introducing McDonald's Buttermilk Crispy Tenders. Juicy and made with 100% white meat. They're not grandmas. I'm okay with that. But she's okay with that. She's laying uh, in on a raft <laughs> in a pool at the end. Now, um, these were on in the background. Genevieve, you had said, oh, I really like this grandma. And so in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, those are good commercials. But I hadn't really paid much attention to them. Meanwhile, I got a text from a couple of friends uh, the other day that said, if you guys are uh, taking ideas, I want you to talk about these crispy tenders commercials because I have an issue with them. And I was like, really? Genevieve likes them. So I went back and I watched it all the way through today and turns out I do like this commercial, but I do have a complaint with it. And it's exactly the complaint my friends had, which is the premise, not to get hung up on reality, but the premise. Sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. Yeah, on show. <laughs> that anybody's grandma made anything that is like chicken tenders. You know, that's very fair. That is very. And it actually it had yeah. been sort of itching the back of my mind to like grandma's chicken tenders is that a thing that's not even a thing if anything you would make like fried chicken with whole pieces but like what grandma is like deboning a chicken breast and then making chicken tenders it is if it is a product that is solely created right by the fast food industry right yeah but even like lasagna (laughs) right But um, the problem yeah. is they they this is the product that they're selling. Right. Like McDonald's isn't yeah. like we have an idea for a commercial. Let's start selling lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be I interesting. That would be great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I think that's a super fair critique, and and absolutely, this is like an idea in search of a of a product, and they kind of wedged them together. Um, yeah. I like the actress. She's very familiar yes. to me. She's one of those hey, it's that actors, um, yeah. and I I can't. I can't call to mind what I've seen her in, but she's, I, I think, a character actor who's done some work. And I just think the way they execute it is good and, and surprisingly good for McDonald's, which I think does not have a great commercial game, particularly when they show... I don't think they do humor very well in general. Yeah. Um, so when they do it well, I feel like, yeah, you know, 
yeah. credit where credit is due. And I would encourage, like, once I get over that aspect of it, like, that kind of strange credulity in this 30-second spot for chicken tenders from McDonald's, like, why am I getting hung up on that, right? Like, once you just, like, kind of yeah. concede that, I would like to see more of this campaign because I think that, you know, if they stuck with this, it could be a long-lasting, like, kind of character. Yeah. No, I agree. She I think, reminds I think me. She reminds me of a lot of older women I know, and she's got that Golden Girls thing, and yeah. and I just I love, I I do love her like kind of gruffness. I like that she's not too delicate, and I I just I think she's awesome. <laughs> her demeanor yeah. is a little bit Dorothy from uh, Golden Girls. It's like if yeah. Dorothy and Blanche had a mm-hmm. had an old had a weird hybrid of themselves not that she's sexy yeah. like blanche but she's just got like she's more sort of made up in that independent spirit yes. they well all i guess the, they all all do. the golden girls had an independent spirit andrew sorry <laughs> let's not get it twisted all right um cat <laughs> were any of these other ones on the list um we yeah. also have the progressive ad the prego yeah. ad and the subaru well, ad any of them that you're really champing at the bit to talk about well, the the Prego I am opinionated about, and the okay, Subaru let's talk about one it. One I almost sent you, so yeah. Oh, really? Okay, good. Well, let's yeah. talk about both of those because trust me, the progressive one. If we don't get to it today, we are going to get to it because it's basically my favorite commercial on TV right now, and I'm sure. Okay, good. In four episodes, everybody will be sick of me talking about it. So <laughs> let's talk about this Prego one. Did I say Prego? Okay. Prego? Prego. Prego. No. Prego. Ragu and Prego, so it's easy right. to get them confused. Right. Um, well, this is a commercial called Love the Splatter. And we see a family sitting around a, a dinner table. It's an extended family, African-American family. And they're all um, they're all talking and eating and talking over top of each other the entire time. This is another one where I'll... Uh, spoiler alert as far as my uh, feelings about this is... Uh, I I like the sound design on it. Oh, I know what the it is. The broom is going like this. Right, right. It and it's on the ice. It's like a tea. Yeah. It starts with a That's C. Cool. Cat. 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 Cricket. No, not cricket. <laughs> it's curling. Wow. How did you know? She has a phone right here. Why are you cheating, baby? And then, like, during this, we see people are kind of gesticulating with their uh, their silverware a little bit. At one point, we see a spatula go down, and we see uh, a red sauce splatter on the table, which I am a neat freak. Just the idea, I hate seeing splatters. I spend my life going around cleaning up Genevieve splatters. Um, so this commercial should give me hives, but the, the way they portray the family is so warm and loving. It's like, I want to be at that table. That's my hot take on that. Yeah, I... I definitely want to be there. I want to hang out with them. I love the verite feel of it. Is it? It really does. It feels to me that they just set it up and they let the kids just do what they wanted. And the kids are awesome. And they and they really just shot this in such a beautiful way. It reminds me of the uh, pilot for Friday Night Lights, like that feeling that the way it's shot. Oh yeah. And I just I love it. And I also here's what I th- I thought when I heard Love the Splatter. I have a really big problem with mouth sounds. I can't mm. listen to people chewing or eating in any way. And I love that this one uh, does not have any mouth sounds. But there's another one in this campaign um, called uh, The Morning After the Party that is all mouth sounds, and I can't stand it. But this one is perfect. And The Morning After the Party is the only one in the – there's like five of these that has mouth sounds, and I don't know why. <laughs> well, how mad are you going to be? Because now I definitely need to hear this ad, yeah, and I have it, it right I'll here. Br- brace yourself. Yeah, I'm going to brace gonna myself. Take off your, you're going to take your headphones. There's a word for that, Vives. You know that word? You are so quick with gymnastics, like a smarty <laughs> pants. Uh, what's the word for people who hate mouth sounds? I don't know. Uh, it's a thing. I'll look it up later. Okay, so this is the morning after the party. I can't describe it in advance because I'm seeing it now for the first time. Bunch of hungover bride, like okay? bridal shower or bachelorette partiers. Yeah, okay, yeah. And they're at somebody's house and they're kind of, um, uh, kind of morosely, pool, yeah, sitting by a pool. One drunk lady or hungover lady is uh, on a floaty in the pool and they all kind of look just, you know, miserable and like the night after a party or the day after a party. You okay? <laughs> So they're all just eating like last night's pasta from the from the pot. 
and kind of recovering <laughs> eating pasta covered in prego. What what this campaign to me is all about is they are jumping on the same bandwagon as Campbell's made for real, real life. Mm-hmm. Like they're really trying to position themselves as no frills. Um, it's not a fantasy. It's not an Italian fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see this with a lot of Italian foods like uh, barilla, barilla, barilla. Um, you know, like there's a lot of Italian foods that I feel like have gone this route of like, oh, imagine you're in Italy and yes. it's Venice, and ah, it's like Tuscany. no, ah, Tuscany, exactly. But like this is no, you're hungover the morning after, and you're gonna eat like a warmed over pot of rigatoni with prego in it, and pretty yeah. sloppily. Like the mouth sound that really stands out is like, uh, you know, one woman gets a dollop of sauce on her arm and she just kind of like Ugh. licks it off. <laughs> you okay? Yeah, it's disgusting, but I I'm okay. But I love the I love the girls. I love the casting. I think mm-hmm. that they're cool. Um, I think that they're you know I think the costumes are good and everything. It's just it, honestly, if I was making that commercial, I would say to the ad agency like we cannot have these mouse sounds. We can't do it. No one will listen. To, no one will watch this. <laughs> I don't know but. that I would have ever. Um, oh, mi- misophonia, 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 oh. misophonia. Um, (laughs) is is the term for what you are. Uh, And anyway, yeah, I don't know that the mouth sounds would have even stood out to me. Yeah, I don't, it doesn't bother me because I, it doesn't, those, that doesn't affect me, but I can hear it and and understand why someone would dislike it. I admire you guys. I want to be more like that. (laughs) You, well, you've, as you said to me many times. Believe me, Andrew has a lot of crippling phobias, so. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll go with that joke. Um, I was going to say, add it to the list of ways you want to be like I wanted me, to do a show, Aww. actually. I suggested to Andrew that I would put together a show that challenged all of his phobias. Oh, that's <gasps> right. Yeah. What like, do you think about that as a show idea, Kat? Like, I don't even know what yeah. the commercials are. And Veeves tries to scare me with, like, commercials oh that depict people on heights. Because you know why it happened? We were watching a commercial the other day, and they showed some woman on, like, a slack line high above the city. Yeah, it's for a... No, it's not a slack line. It was or a tightrope. Tight and yeah. it was uh, for paper plates and how strong they are. Right. And it's just obviously <laughs> fake. It doesn't matter. It's just this woman. And, and I wasn't paying much attention to the TV. And I think I looked up and said... <laughs> like that and it kind of like took my breath away for a second and then I think you said wow you got a bad yeah you have I to do, do got that a bad. You, you have to do it that's great yeah. that's such a good idea we'll call it Mr. Monk makes a podcast <laughs> I'm obsessed oh, with that's Monk that's a good show I know I like uh, that show <laughs> oh it's so great um, alright so let's go with this I'm glad I'm really glad that you love that one too let's talk about the yeah. Subaru commercial this is in heavy rotation uh, for those of us who are watching um, a lot of TV these days or at least uh, the, the football channels that I'm watching um, in this commercial though we see a youngish couple um, and they're hanging out all the time but it's clear that the dog well they're going on their what appears to be probably their first weekend trip away like a camping oh, trip this all one really you think this is all one narrative i think this because he's got his like duffel bag and he runs out to the car she picks him up in her subaru and they get in the car and they kind of go for what appears to be a road trip like a weekend away at one point they're in a hotel room or a motel oh that's what threw me i thought that was her apartment okay i think they're they're on an extended couple day trip together and they're a new enough couple that they don't necessarily know everything about each other she has an old dog, like a kind of a, I don't know, what is it, like a hound dog? It's kind of beagle but like not Sort a of a beagle looking dog that has clearly been her longtime dog that she's bringing to this new relationship. But the dog is not into this dude who is moving in on his his person. So through, throughout the commercial, the, the dude and the dog are having like sort of standoffs. Yeah, and there's no need to, I mean, you do the perfect job of describing it. There's no need to really play the audio. I mean, at one point he says, you know, the dog doesn't like me, doesn't. Let me see if I can get that here. Butch is like an old soul that just hates my guts. (laughs) That Subaru music. Yes. (laughs) And then at the end, the boyfriend puts a jacket around the woman's shoulders, and all of a sudden the dog realizes that the boyfriend also loves the woman he comes over and snuggles with the man and then they all snuggle together and it's happy family time and this is what the message is at the end you can never have too many faithful companions that's why i got a subaru introducing the all-new crosstrek 
Love is out there. I don't know why that commercial bugs me. I didn't like it the first time I saw it. I continue to not like it. Um, And I don't know if it's something about possessiveness or if it's something about the ridiculousness of a dog seeing a human being put a coat on another human being. You know what, what dogs that like? Anyone who brings them treats. Right. And yeah, and, yeah I don't know. Not to get bogged down in the reality of it, but these Subaru ads do tend to be very real and they're about real emotions and real connections. I think they're often amped up. And I would say like Subaru definitely turns the dial up to 11 on the emotion. We've talked about it before and how successfully they do that. I don't think this is a great example. It feels forced. It feels like the story, as you said, is very unrealistic. But not in a not in a sort of slightly fantastical way that some of these other ones are, but more like it just feels like a force fit to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they they were like they fed into the like the emotion machine, like old dog, new love, you know, um, right. it just it just feels like. It feels formulaic and forced. And there's probably something about the the um, chivalry or gallantry or something that probably ruffles my feathers a little bit too that I just can't put my finger on. Maybe that's it. What about you, Kat? Yeah, I I feel like did you guys talk about that one commercial with the French bulldog that stretches at the gas station? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, so we like that one. I, yeah, I like when animals and commercials are doing crazy shit like that. You know, like I don't necessarily love the personification or the the um, the human projection of what an animal would think. You know, that is t- so close to what a human thinks. I don't necessarily find that that appealing sometimes in, in narrative things. Um, I I do like when dogs make faces. So I guess I like the dog <laughs> when they, whenever they show the dog, I like the dog. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't like the, it also is just so fucking hipstery. Like yeah. we're going on a camping trip. Look at us. We're so perfect in our coats. Like I just, it's tough for me. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it is, I agree with all of your assessment. It's, it doesn't feel the emotion feels, um, inauthentic or like it's it like it's trading on something that it didn't earn unearned i think is how i would describe that yeah yeah it's 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 not that camel walking through the office you know <laughs> the hump day yeah camel. i mean if an animal is doing something that's <laughs> that is unmistakably fantastic and and unreal yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Like, I'm not like camels can't talk or go to offices. Like, th- I, that, <laughs> first of all, they can. There's, but there's nothing that the dog does in this ep- in this commercial that is fundamentally undog like. It's just all that, as you say, the projection of a human emotion onto it that feels um, forced. Coined. All right, I'm, I'm yes, cloying, perfect. Yeah. yeah, I'm at a crossroads here, and I don't know what to do. And so, why don't you guys tell me what to do? Um, should we try to do this commercials in the news story or is it just too complicated? You guys have both seen it. Am I going to just like trip over my words trying to explain this and will there be any payout at all? Are we, if we say no, can we cut this part out? So we're not no. leaving everybody with no. blue balls. This is, is it, trust me. If anything, I, if anything. I love the idea of someone getting a blue balls over that. <laughs> right. No, I think people will be happy we didn't do it. I guess the reason I'm asking is, um, I guess n- looking at it now, I don't have a lot to say about it. But Kat, if you've been like kind of thinking about it all day and you have some hot takes, I don't <laughs> want, I don't want to waste all that preparation. Um, no, it just made me think of those other things that I sent you. So not exactly. Yeah. Okay. But now, I really don't have a hot take on this one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. So we won't do that. Too bad, because that is going to be the biggest thing in commercial news. <laughs> I also I also like the commercial in the news sound thing that you do. All right. Well, let's just play that just to so you, so you, so you can hear it. It is a good sounder. in the news. Today in commercials in the news, we have no updates for you. Absolutely nothing is going on here. Everybody should just look the other way. And we're going to wrap up this show. You can sell. Oh, man. This is going to be a weird one. (laughs) You can sell anything. Oh, Oh, that's an abrupt way to end a show. But... (laughs) 
Kat Solon, thank you so much for doing this with us again. Sure. Thanks for having me. I, I, you know, I know it's weird, but I hope it was good. <laughs> it was so good. And Kat, it's just great to hear from you and talk with you and, and find out about all the exciting work you're doing. And, um, uh, you guys, everyone should check out where should, where should people go to find, uh, find your work or what you're working on these days? Yeah, um, let's see. Well, my Vimeo is uh, Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O dot com forward slash Kat Solon, C-A-T-S-O-L-E-N. And then I'm also Kat Solon on Instagram, which is the only social network that I care about. So, <laughs> do you do your it. own? I saw you liked uh, an Instagram thing of me the other day. I'm not trying to brag, yeah. but you know, you did. Uh, and I, I wasn't sure. Do you run your own Instagram? Because I was like, if this I, is just like one of Kat's people, okay, I have no I time do. for that. I used to not for a very long time, but now I'm back on there. But I, I keep it off my phone, so I only go on occasionally. So I don't. Uh, I go on maybe once or twice a week, but it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to make sure so, that it was a real like for my friend Cat Solon. It was a real like. It was like, a genuine you, like. It's just somebody trying to yeah. maintain a professional relationship. This no, that was a great photo. Me. That was a great. <laughs> I don't. Photo, I don't even know what it was, but thank you for saying <laughs> that. Um, all right, so great. Well, thank you so much for doing all of this, and let's have you back on again before another um, eighteen months passes. How do you feel about that? Yeah. I love this podcast. I would love to come back. All right. Thanks, Kat. <laughs> and uh, Veeves, thank you as always. I guess we should tell people where they can uh, find us on the Facebooks and everything. You can always find us at After These Messages Show. It's a Facebook group. Uh, you can email us at After These Messages Show at Gmail. And you can call us at 607 444 5597. 607 444 5597. We have not done emails, voicemails, anything, yeah, anything from the coming, ad council. Folks. So next week, big time, it's all you guys. Okay, because we've skipped it for three weeks now. So um, we're handing the reins over to you, the ad council, next week. So if you have anything you want to get off your chest, send it our way again. 607 444 5597 or after these messages show at gmail.com. All right, that's it. We'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. I'm sitting here, look Jan V, I'm complex. I'm a bra Alvi, I'm complex. I'm Guru Dutt, I'm complex, I'm complicated, I'm complex. I'm River Phoenix. Pardon me, I was drinking soda. Pardon me. <laughs> Sorry, we have a we're having a burp emergency. <laughs> I've been burping this whole time. There's a problem with that? I don't know.